0: i want to continue with this uh series that i started uh, a couple weeks ago called say yes to god's best because i believe that god has positioned each and every one of us where we are for such a time as this that's kind of the theme of the book of esther we've been going through the book of esther but i want to call this message today living a life of influence because Every single one of us have influence where we are. Whether you realize it or not, you have influence. Now, maybe some of us took on leadership roles or roles of influence more uh, intentionally growing up than others did. I was always kind of out there in the front, and uh, either class officer or club officer or something, and student leader in my youth group or even volunteer youth pastor when I was in college. Uh, To always having a position of leadership, not necessarily because I knew anything, but I just, uh, I like talking. I liked being in front of people and uh, still doing that here today. But I learned at an early age that leadership is about leveraging your influence for the sake of others. That's what real leadership is. That's why a lot of people don't want to lead because they think it's about getting people to do something for them, but it's quite the opposite. It's about giving a voice to those who don't have a voice. It's about saying yes to God's best. And you might be here today and you might think, you know, well, I'm not a leader. So this message really isn't for me. Every single one of us have leadership potential in us. And every one of us have influence right where we are. So you may, may not have the title of a leader, but there are people that you are leading right where you are. If you're a parent, you're leading your kids. If you're a husband, you're leading your family. If you're a friend, you're leading your friends. Because at the core of leadership is influence. John Maxwell says, leadership is influence. And here's what God desires for each and every one of us, that we would use our influence for his purposes, not for our pleasure. So you have influence capacity. Are you using it for his purposes or are you using it for your pleasure? Factors of scripture, I don't have it on the slides, but Proverbs 29 tells us that leadership gains authority and respect when the voiceless poor are treated fairly. Leadership gains authority and respect when the voiceless poor are treated fairly. So up to this point in the story that we've been reading through in the book of Esther, uh, Esther is, has used her title and used her position for only herself. Now she's facing a dilemma where she's going to have to use it or make a choice. Do I use my position for myself or do I use it for others? Does she say anything at all or does she keep to herself who she is, that she's Jewish, uh, or does she leverage that position to help somebody else? And every single one of us face the same dilemma on a daily basis. Do we use our position of influence? For others or just for ourselves. Let's look at Esther chapter 4, verse number 1. It says, When Mordecai learned all that had been done, it's when he, Mordecai learned this, Mordecai who raised Esther because her parents were killed in the exile, he uh, has learned that the Jewish people, there's a law been set in place that Jewish people are going to be killed and annihilated. And so this is what he has learned. He tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly but he went only as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, weeping, and wailing, many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's eunuchs and female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. So she sent clothes for him to put on instead of his sackcloth and he wouldn't accept them. Then Esther summoned Hathek, one of the king's eunuchs assigned to attend are and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai and why Because up to this point she didn't know about the law So Hathik went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate Mordecai told him everything that had happened Including the exact amount of money that Haman, the evil guy in the story uh, Had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation Which had been published in Susa to show to Esther and explain to her, and he told him to instruct her to go to the king's presence, to beg for mercy, and to plead with him for her people. Heth went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. But three things I want to say to you today. Here's the first. Number one, you're a leader when you set an example. You're a leader when you set an example. Whether you realize it or not, every single one of you set an example today by simply getting up and choosing to come to church. You set an example to others. You set an example to friends. You set an example to family. You set an example you parents. You set an example for your children. When you came and you said, you know what? You're going to go to Children's Church. We're going to come over here, and we're going to all meet up afterwards. You set an example. You set an example by the way you worship. You set an example by your giving. You set an example by the way you interact with people. You'll set an example by the way you will politely drive out of this parking lot and be nice to the people that are coming in. You will, you will set an example on the way to do it gracefully. When you set an example by the way you talk about this service when you go to lunch afterwards. You set an example by the way you live throughout the entire week. Everything we do sets an example, but realize this, everything we do sets an example for others. It's not about us, we're not influencing ourselves, we're influencing others, and that's what leaders do They set an example for others. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And that's what Mordecai is doing. He is setting an example with his clothes. He puts on what is called sackcloth and ashes. This is a garment. It's made of goat's hair. They turn it inside out so the coarse hair is up against the skin. It's intended to make you uncomfortable, to grieve and to mourn and to... uh, uh, to pray and, and to uh, show the sadness and the heaviness of whatever the decision is, the, the ashes are intended to put on the forehead or on the uh, uh, over the head, and it's intended to remember that we come from dust. That's where we came from. That's where we will return. So it's a Jewish way of expressing the mourning of what's going on on the inside to express it on the outside. So Mordecai, he doesn't have a position, but he's going to influence the entire kingdom of Persia through his actions he, he's going to have an impression and an influence on people that he doesn't even realize it which is the same for every single one of us every one of us influence people around us the question is where are we going to lead them how are we going to influence parents you influence your children husbands you influence your family friends you influence your friends that you have so you think about it you're influencing your friends your friends are influencing you Think about your friends. Is that a good thing? Some of you are looking at your friend thinking, I'm not so sure. A very eye-opening statistic that I read several years ago about the influence that parents have on their children when it comes to just church attendance alone. It said that if both mom and dad attend church regularly, then 72% of children remain faithful. To continue attending church. If only the dad attends faithfully, 55% of the kids remain faithful. If only the mom and single moms, you can be the exception to this, but if only the mom attends regularly and not the dad, 15%. It drops from 55 to 15%. If neither mom or dad attend regularly, only 6% of the kids will attend regularly. All that just to say you have an influence upon those that you are living with, that you interact with, that you work with, that you do life with. You're a leader when you set an example. Look at verse number 10, uh, Esther, chapter four, verse number 10. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, uh, the king has but one law. That they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives But thirty days have passed since uh, I was called to go to the king When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer Don't think that just because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place But you and your father's family will perish and here's the most iconic verse in the whole book of Esther. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Okay, so the first thing is that you're a leader whenever you set an example. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. You're a leader when you take a risk. Too many times we think that leadership is about perfection. And so I make sure that everything is in order, everything is done to perfection in order to be a leader. I can promise you, leadership is not about perfection. Let me just tell you, probably one of my worst moments as a pastor, worst moments of preaching, worst moments of trying to illustrate a point, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for doing it today, but this just shows you how perfection is not necessary. <laughs> for If I'm telling this story one time, this is a message I preached a long time ago, telling the story, I don't even remember what the story is now, it's irrelevant but I'm I'm trying to get people to paint a picture in their own mind with their own descriptions of what ugly is versus beautiful. I didn't want to give any indication because beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? I'm talking about a, whatever a beautiful person is to you versus whatever an ugly person is to you. It's different to, for different people. I didn't want to put anything in anybody's minds. So I said, whatever beautiful is to you, That Get that in your mind for the sake of the story and whatever ugly is to you. And I don't know what ugly is to you, but all I know is that this person, they didn't have any teeth and they talk like this. And I went on and I told the story. I had to do that one thing. Just had to say it. Then when I went in the office on Monday morning, listened to my voicemail. There was a voicemail from somebody that said, "Papa Kendall, I'm so sorry that you think I'm the ugliest person in the world. Not my intention. I probably ticked somebody off right now. But listen, here's the deal: we don't have to be perfect in order to have influence. You've got to have a willingness. Many times." leadership is about the person that didn't have things perfect. They just were willing to step out and do what needed to be done when it needed to be done. A leader is a dad who says, you know what, I may not be completely well versed in the Bible, but I'm going to do devotions with my family on a weekly basis so that we can get the word inside of us. It's a mom saying, you know what, I may not know everything about the Bible, but I'm going to do a Bible study at work during my lunch hour so that people can have a chance to come together. A leader is somebody who sees someone who is hurting and goes out and helps them maybe you see a new Christian and you want to invite them over to your house because you want them to have fellowship and community and they help them grow in maturity leadership is about engaging in an opportunity that's in front of you rather than sitting back and saying I'm not perfect yet you'll never be perfect Complaining is not leadership. Whining is not leadership. Making excuses is not leadership. Blaming everybody else is not leadership. Seeing something wrong and asking God to help you to fix it is leadership. The problem that we have in our world is we've got way too many critics and way too few leaders. It's like college football yesterday you got 22 guys down on the field in desperate need of rest and 50,000 people desperate need of exercise, right? That's the way it is with leadership and critics. We got plenty of critics, but not enough people willing to step up and do what it takes. The book of James tells us, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. And when you are doers of the word, you'll be blessed for it. So Esther, she's hesitant to take this risk And to go to the king, because to go to the king uninvited meant potential death. Unless the king found favor and extended the royal, the gold scepter, and allowed you to come in, then he could have you killed. So she knew that, but she was willing to take this risk. In fact, she even says something that we kind of passed right over as we read. She says, wait, king hasn't asked for me in a month. And you remember the story of the beauty contest? I mean, it went for a year, all these women continue to come before him for him to decide who was going to be queen. So the fact that he hadn't asked for Esther in a month meant there's a good potential that he's taken a liking to somebody else. And she says, for me just to show up, I'll probably be killed for this. But Mordecai is the one who's now using his influence On Esther. Mordecai doesn't have a position, but he has influence. And he begins to influence Esther in three quick little ways. One, through instruction, instructing her on what to do, but also through involvement, telling her to get involved and do this. And Who knows that God may use you, but then also through inspiration. And inspires her that if you don't do this, you may regret it for the rest of your life. But if you do it, this could be the crown jewel in your life. And people could remember what you did on this day for the rest of your life. So here's what's amazing. Mordecai. Is, is being the leader. He's stepping up and he's doing something right now. Fact is, throughout the Bible, a lot of the people that God used, they weren't pastors, they weren't preachers. They were just people that were available for God to use. And the same with each and every one of us. God wants to use us regardless of position. But whether we're willing to step up and do something. So I want to challenge you. You have an opportunity to connect with some small groups or fam groups with the youth when you walk out today. Maybe you're here today, then, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get involved and do something. Take the connection card that Pastor Kyle talked about and mark on it. I want to serve. Drop it in the box or see somebody at the Nuna Freedom Mary's. I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to get involved. Use your influence for the sake of others. Here's the last thing. Let's wrap up with this. Esther 4, verse number 15 says, Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. and When this is done, I'll go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all, these, all of Esther's instructions. Look at chapter 5, verse number 1. It says, On the third day, Esther put on royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall facing the entrance when he saw Queen Esther standing in the court. He was pleased with her and he held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. She approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What's your request even up to half the kingdom? It'll be given you. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king together with Haman, the evil one, come today to a banquet that I've prepared for. We'll bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther asked. So the king and Haman went to the banquet Esther had prepared. And as they were drinking wine, the king again asked Esther, Now, well, what's your petition? It'll be given you. And what's your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Notice that this is the second time the king has asked Esther, What do you want? And she hasn't bitten yet. Esther replied, My petition, and my request is this. If the king regards me with favor and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, let the king and Haman come tomorrow, another banquet, and I'll prepare for them. Then, then I will answer the king's question. All right, so here's the last thing. Number one, you're, you're a leader if you set an example. Number two, you're a leader if you're willing to take a risk. But number three, you're a leader when you use your influence. When you use your influence. Why do you think God has placed you where you are? Remember when we started this series three weeks ago, I said, I believe that God has put every single one of us in a unique position. He knows right where you are and he has a purpose for you being where you are. Why do you think he's got you where you are? Esther finally realizes that she is in a royal position for such a time as this. She's willing to take the risk. She's willing to use her influence. But she doesn't demand and she doesn't give the request immediately whenever King Xerxes says, what do you want? So why didn't, why wouldn't she just say, I want you to do something about that law because influence is not demanding. Influence is not presumptuous. Influence is very subtle. Sometimes influence has no words. It's seen, it's felt, it's sensed. The greatest influence is not often what we say. It's what we do. So she waits for the right time and she doesn't want to demand anything. She wants the opportunity to influence the key. Critical decision. She has to go before the most powerful man on the planet this time and say, You enacted a terrible law, so she's got to do it right. Sometimes an influence is not what we say, it's just what we do. It's like the kid that went with his mother shopping all day, and finally, last store they go in, and they're going through the cash register, and the clerk at the register hands a lollipop to the little boy, says, here, you want this lollipop? And the mama says to the boy, what do you say? The little boy left the clerk and said, charge it. That's influence. He's been hearing it all day long. Influence. Faith, crazy story. I'll do this real quick. When I was a youth pastor at Faith Assembly down in Pasadena, worship was a little different back then. And there in our church, and some of you that were kind of raised in the Pentecost church, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. There were times when people got really excited during worship and would do what they called a jericho march anybody ever seen the jericho march there's a few of you yeah the rest of them's like what are they talking about well you just got real excited you know you you, you probably get taken out with security here today but uh, people got really excited they start to kind of walk around marching around the room i don't know if they didn't understand the rest of the story when they did that in the bible the walls fell down so uh, but they, they started walking around well, when I was a professor, I was sitting up on the platform back when the preachers used to sit on the platform and, and we had this big choir and the choir got all excited and, and they started walking down the Jericho March. And there was one guy, I had a friend, his name was Glenn. He was in the choir and he really wasn't into this thing. and uh, But he was stuck in the middle of the titter section, so he had to go with the flow. But the, the, the choir starts down the, the side aisle and gets to the back and there's a door back in the back and Glenn cuts out. He cuts out through the door in the hallway and heads down to the men's room and gets to the men's room and opens the door and turns around and realizes the second half of the choir has followed him right out the door so i'm just sitting up here watching there's choir members going this way they're going out that way now they're all backed up and trying to back up into the that's called influence nothing was said they just followed what you did hey my question is this guys will go ahead and start playing please My question is this, how are you using your influence? How are you using the position and the place that God has put you for such a time as this? You may not be monetized for your influence here on this earth like you might on Instagram, but I promise you there's a monetization program in heaven that's watching every single thing that we're doing. And God wants us to use our influence for his glory. Say, so how, how can I do that? Well, it might be as simple as a smile because when you smile at someone, ordinarily it solicits a smile back. You have influenced someone. Maybe it's through sympathizing with somebody. You take time to feel their need and feel their hurt. And in doing that, you open up a door of opportunity to be able to influence. Them. Maybe it's through serving someone. When you serve someone, it opens up the opportunity. For influence Maybe it's speaking into their life Exactly what they need The encouragement they, they, they need today Or maybe it's through a sacrifice Maybe it's a small self sacrifice Maybe it's a great sacrifice But we all have the opportunity To make an influence in somebody's life When I said yes to Jesus It was because I was influenced by the decision Of my younger brother Standing on the ladder, painting the house, just a teenager. But there were decisions that were made that influenced my decision to say yes to Jesus. My brother made a decision to bring an eight-track player to our little painting job. He made a decision to put a Dallas home A track in that player. We could have been listening to Boston or Kansas or Aerosmith, but he played Dallas home. And the right song, at the right time, allowed God to speak to me. The words of the song said, Come unto Jesus, give Him your life today. The forgive and forget show you how to live. That's when I said yes to Jesus. I was influenced by the actions and decisions of someone else. And my life has never been the same. I wonder who you're influencing today. wonder what impact you're making on others today. One challenge. Who's your influence for God's purpose not your own pleasure? Bow your heads with me, please. And your head's bowed across this room right now. Maybe you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've never, ever asked Him to come in, wash away your sin, be the Lord of your life. Best decision you could ever make. Jesus is here. His arms are wide open tree. And it's as simple as saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Wash away my sin. be the Lord of my life today and every day. Simple words spoken with sincerity from the depths of our heart. Allow the veil that's between you and God to be open and for him to come in to change, to transform your life. He will do just that today if you will ask. Just invite him in, invite him in. Because when he comes in, he gives you the power and the strength to have influence in others' lives that could literally save them from death. So Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters all over this room today, and even those watching this service online. And Lord, you would come in and you would fill them with that hope and that joy and true forgiveness that they need in their lives today. May their life never be the same from this moment on. I thank you that you are a healer, you're a savior, you're a deliverer, you're a restorer. We've seen you do it before. And Lord, we know that you will do it again. I thank you that our lives We're never the same. Give you all the glory, all the honor. Our favor of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen.